1: Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and Reed. Check this out. This is the Riffin' Reed. Featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Reed.
0: great song by Neil Young, and it conflates into what has been a lot of hard work, ladies and gentlemen. You know, many politicians out there, they love to have a press conference. They love to put out press releases and spout a lot of hot air and rhetoric, adding to global warming and climate change on both sides of the aisle. And especially when it's been about to take over our beloved city of New York City, by AOC, all-out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Democratic Socialists of America, the Justice Warriors. They've taken over Northern Queens. Their motherland is Astoria. They're strongest in Brooklyn, where they're set to take over the corrupt Kings County Democratic machine of Eric Adams. They've had two meetings so far, and they... Uh, The machine has had to cancel the meetings because the DSA was there in force, ready to take over their county machine. And they're moving in on the north shore of Staten Island. They own vast, vast sectors of Manhattan where you can't even find any red. And they've taken over the South Bronx. And ladies and gentlemen, unlike Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who says, oh, I'm taking on... The progressives, the left, the DSA, but won't name in shame, and the Republicans who failed to stand up to them but just want to hold on to the turf that they have, the red turf that they have. We have now struck right into the belly of the beast, the motherland in Astoria, as you know, I told you just last month that we had had our first meeting of the Ronald Reagan Republican Club at the Rocco Moretto VFW Post in Astoria. American flags flying high on top of the building and festooned throughout the building right off of 20th and Steinway. And I told you we would have a candidate to run against the evil Caban who wants to defund the police Wants to remove the police, wants to defund the prisons, wants to close the prisons. And she is the acolyte and the little mini-me of AOC All Out Crazy. She is now the city council person who has gone out and told all the mom-and-pop businesses never call 911. If you're dealing with crime, if you're dealing with the emotionally disturbed, the homeless, call 311. Wait, wait, wait. If you have to go outside and engage, pour pour a drink on yourself like it's some kind of a schlub, hopefully to distract that person from killing you. And most importantly, maybe just say, hey, didn't I go to school with you at some point? This is ridiculous. This uh, Tiffany Caban, enemy of America, pro-socialist, and the takeover of capitalist New York City and a democratically free New York City, wants to expand the radius of what these socialists have been able to do in our city council, and we're going to stop her right on the spot. But you can't just talk about it. You can't just put up Trojan horses. You got to go to political war, and we do that tonight because we have our candidate to take her on, and you couldn't find a better candidate. Her name is Kelly Klingman. And she was motivated after living 12 years in Astoria, a registered Republican, the mom of nine-year-old twins who works in the real estate industry and is still smarting as so many of you are. When uh, Tiffany Caban and Janaris, uh, led by AOC All Out Crazy, said Ixnay to Amazon in Long Island City and uh, that. That was just one wound of the many wounds that have followed to defund the police, defund the prisons, and basically take over our city. So she is stepping up. She will be the Republican candidate. We're in the process of getting the petition signed of residents in Astoria who are registered Republicans so that she can qualify. We're going to have to raise the money to give her a fighting chance against AOC, Caban, and Generis and the Democratic Socialists of America. There's eight to one matching funds when you run for the city council office. So I'm urging all of you to come out tonight because I'm going to be firing up the crowd, as I did a month ago, to the Rocco Moreto VFW Post in Astoria between 20th and Steinway. The meeting will start at 7 o'clock, and the process of taking back all the uber-blue areas that are now controlled by the Democratic Socialists of America who hate America, they hate the flag, they hate patriotism. They hate everything that we stand for. And they've organized. And the moderate Democrats have allowed them to take over their party, starting with Bernie the Altichoke Sanders. Remember, he's never been a registered Democrat to this day. When he became mayor of Burlington, Vermont, independent. When he became the one-lone Congressman for Vermont, independent. When I lectured at the University of Vermont, I spoke to him for a full hour when he was a congressman, two Brooklynites talking. we were rapping. And we agreed to disagree. And then he became one of the two oldest Altacaca senators in the United States, Patrick Leigh and Bernie the Altacaca Sanders. He is the leader of the Democratic Socialists of America, but his time is waning, and he has already anointed AOC all-out crazy to be the person who will take over for him when he must step aside or he dies and goes straight to hell without an asbestos suit. So the battle begins tonight. We have a candidate who's willing to step up and wage the fight, Kelly Klingman, but we're going to need other candidates to take on uh, Generis. So oh, what a traitor he has been, Michael Generis, who actually tried to register as a Republican with his uncle, who was a doctor years ago. Realized politically that he probably couldn't win an office in Astoria, so he became a moderate Democrat and was mentored by Peter Valone Sr. and the Valone family. And then when he saw the winds were changing towards the DSA and the uber left-wing progressives, he became, he became a traditor, stabbed alone and all those moderate Democrats in the back and joined AOC, all out crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The battle begins tonight. I hope you all come out. I hope you all support our candidate Kelly Klingman. Uh, We also have... A great speech, fired-up speech by the liberty-loving Latino. You remember Rich Valdez, who now has his own syndicated national radio program, having made his bones here at WABC. Also the phone screener and co-producer of the Mark Levin Show. It's going to be a great night. Going to be a great night. But, hey, hey, did you see what happened yesterday? One of the reasons we have to take back New York City is the mayor, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who has become the mayor for the illegal aliens if illegal aliens come as they continue to flood into our city, he gives them everything. And to those who may be down on their luck, who are in shelters, some of them who are servicemen and servicewomen, he gives them ugats. He gives them bubkis So yesterday, all of a sudden, he is like, I don't know uh, what he was on. He was like in a drug-induced psychosis. I don't know if he was on Adderall, which is like legal speed. But listen to him in Times Square with Kathy Crimewave Wave Holcomb. With all the problems that we're afflicted with in New York City, he decides that he wants to pimp off the old I love New York theme and promotion that was incorporated by George Pataki when we have 12 great years of Republican leadership in Albany and 20 great years of Republican leadership in the city, first with Giuliani for eight and Bloomberg for 12 Look at, listen to Eric Adams. Give this man a drug test. COVID hit our city, devastated us. It wasn't terrorism, but it was terror. Lost jobs, the economy, subway system was in decay and uncertainty. This movement of We Love New York is saying we love each other and we love our country. That's what this movement is about, New York. It is reigniting our spirit. You can't even take on the Democratic Socialists of New York City, Eric Adams. You're afraid to name and shame them. You won't say AOC All Out Crazy. You won't say Michael Gennaris. You won't say Tiffany Caban. You're afraid of them. So you have this fake, phony, fugazi press conference in Times Square. You take the original I Love New York campaign of George Pataki, and now you create a We Love New York City campaign with Kathy Crime Wave Hochul next to you. Remember the last time you were in Times Square for a press conference, you were talking about how there was so much reefer, so much weed that you could smell in the area. Because I smell some weed. Someone is smoking. <laughs> Someone is smoking. <laughs> yeah, what a goofball you are. Meantime, he's having a press conference in Times Square to incorporate a logo that nobody's going to wear. We love New York City. And look who was there. You had guys selling nickel and dime bags on cardboard boxes. You had weed wagons in the area, circling the area, that had an ATM machine strapped to the back so that you can actually get money with your debit card or credit card to make your purchase. You got guys selling knockoff CDs, you know, claiming that they're aspiring rap artists. You got the nudistas there who are illegal alien women who live in Paramus who come in button naked, but they they paint, you know, red and blue all over their mammary glands. You got these uh, cartoon characters, these superheroes who are jostling, pickpocketing, starting fights, copying a feel of the tourists and shaking them down for money. And you got the plume of marijuana in the air. That's right, it's a purple haze. Hey, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor for the illegal aliens who are all over Times Square now because they're housed in all the hotels in the area. The Watson Hotel, the Stewart Hotel, uh, what they call row New York City. I mean, all of these hotels are packed, not with visiting tourists. But with illegal aliens at at $200 a night, they're throwing away the food, they're smoking weed. Where do they get the money for that? They're drinking Corona without the gusanos, without the worms inside. Where are they getting the money for that? In meantime, you're in the middle of Times Square. You're talking about we love New York City, and all you can do is smell reefer everywhere. I smell some weed. Someone is smoking. (laughs) Someone is smoking. (laughs) What a goofball. There are now 2,000 illegal pop-up weed stores in New York City taking over empty retail establishments, and the mayor is doing absolutely Jack Diddley Squad nothing. But him and Kathy Crimewave Holcomb, their, their, their big contribution is to come up with a campaign that's a ripoff of the old successful I Love New York campaign of George Pataki. We love New York City. Well, guess what? I think I'm going to start a campaign. We hate you, Hokum, and we
1: hate you, Adams. Whoa. This is the Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. All right, you chipmunks, ready to sing your song? Oh, we are. Yeah. Let's sing it now. Okay,
0: Simon? Okay. Okay, Theodore? Okay. Okay, Alvin? Alvin.
1: Alvin! Okay!
0: This is the theme song for Alvin Bragg and his chipmunk assistant district attorneys at the most powerful district attorney's office in America, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Once... In perpetuity was uh, Morgenthau, who then reached out uh, in a form of nepotism, not to any of his blood relatives, but to Cyrus white Shoes Vance in Seattle, where he was sipping his lattes there at Starbucks. And he said, I want you to come in and, and wear the crown. And Cyrus White-Choose Vance did exactly that, although he succumbed to the winds of change. And folded like a cheap camera and started to give the enemies of society, criminals, all kinds of opportunities to beat their rap. But spent uh, two years investigating Donald Trump with uh, Michael Cohen, the allegations that went back and forth. And, of course, the floozy herself who claims that she was taking advantage of the Donald in a bungalow in the... Outside of the Beverly Hills Hotel, I mean, how many we? How many years ago? By the way, while they were watching Shark Week, it's kind of unbelievable that that served as an aphrodisiac for then Donald Trump with the uh, woman who fancies herself as an exotic dancer, uh, who, if the price is right, will prostitute herself. Stormy Daniels, right? Remember, they were watching Shark Week at the time, but that was years and years ago. Cyrus White Shoes Vance and his White Shoes uh, ADAs investigated it. When Cyrus White Shoes Vance left office, you had two ADAs who were still on the case. And as left-wing and progressive as um, Alvin Bragg was uh, uh, having to bow and buck to the person who uh, enabled him to become the D.A. and turn all the criminals loose in Manhattan, George Soros. He looked at the studies of two years in terms of the research of what would be necessary to go before a grand jury to indict uh, the former president of the United States for using hush, hush, much, much money through Michael Cohn and others. And he said, there's no case here. There's no case. here." And the two A.D.A.'s quit. Uh, they had a hissy fit. But even uh, Alvin Bragg said there was no case. And then all of a sudden, one day he has an epiphany. He gets massaged by George Soros and others. And they say, hey, look, in tandem with what's going down with the grand jury in Fulton County in Georgia, in tandem what's going down with the Department of Justice investigation of the papers that uh, Donald Trump had in Mar-a-Lago that were considered super, super, super sensitive, Probably not. Uh, we can get the trifecta, the troika, the trinity of prosecutions on him and find and uh, indict him in all three of these cases and then just drain him to the point where he can never, ever, ever become a potent political force in America again. Well, Alvin Bragg stood up yesterday and he said, I will not succumb to fear, fright, hysteria and threats that have been get- made against me in my office. We're going to hunker down. And we heard from Donald Trump over the weekend that he would come to New York City. He would turn himself in and go through the arraignment and go through the process, following through on whatever the grand jury had decided. It's an assumption that it would be a slam dunk against Donald Trump. We're still awaiting uh, what actually will transpire, but I want to give credit where credit is due. Many people, including those who broadcast here on WABC, were in full fear mode that any demonstrations that had gathered might turn out violent, might start to replicate what we saw on January 6th. Yesterday, the New York uh, Young Republicans were summoned to uh, protest outside of the courthouse. They met at 6 o'clock. I know many of these young people. They are legitimately young. I remember when I first spoke to New York uh, Young Republicans Their president was uh, Bob Capano. This was in Bay Ridge. And I was younger than any of the young Republicans. Their average age was 55 to 95. And I looked at Bob Capano and said, these are young Republicans? No. Uh, The young Republicans of Gavin Wax assembled, uh, they were all young, uh, heavy with testosterone and estrogen. So you would have thought, oh, my God, there's going to be a problem. But it was very peaceful and very respectful, and here's some of the things that the young Republicans said in their demonstration on behalf of the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, versus Alvin Bragg and the Manhattan DA's office. We want President Trump to know that he has our support. We stand behind him. We want to show that conservatives can still come out in a deep blue city and protest peacefully. It was great. There was no violence at all. I salute them, and I would hope that anyone else who follows in the footsteps of the uh, young Republicans, likewise be as respectful uh, and as peaceful as they were. And it was a great demonstration. Meantime, you saw tons and tons of New York City uniformed and undercover cops. Uh, the Terrorism Task Force was out there. You would have thought that it was going to be a second attack of 9-11. It was not. It did not require that kind of of force of cops to be out there on triple overtime. Let me give credit where I normally don't give credit. Lou Macedonia, Phil, as you know, I have been vicious critics of our news department, especially led by Noam Layden, its director, who uh, basically has um, declared that he will not report on any of the criminal activity of the many Democratic crooks in Hudson County where he resides uh, and will not report anything negatively on Steve Fulop, uh graduate of Goldmine Sachs, mayor of Jersey City, who expects to follow uh, the footsteps of John Corzine and half-in-the-bag Murphy and become the next governor of the state of uh, New Jersey over my dead body. But on this one, they were magnificent. Last Tuesday, I came in and I told both uh, Noam Layden, the director of our news department, and James Flippin. That all the transit cops that I saw out that morning, I was on the trains for a period of two hours. I came across, they were stationed on the platform to be visible. Uh, And they were telling me, then, Tuesday, 99 days left of overtime, and then in June, it's over. Uh, Well, it turns out that Noam Laden led, and now all the other news is following. Now, he was a little tepid. He didn't give the exact number of days that I... I had extracted from all the uh, cops who were doing triple overtime. But as of uh, June 21st, the overtime is over. All these cops that you've seen flooding into the subway that Sid Rosenberg has spoken about and his one subway ride that he takes uh, on occasion will be no more. And by June 21st, the summer upon us, uh, we won't have the cops. We only have now about 33,000 uh, New York City police officers from all the agencies. You need at least 40,000. The only thing that is holding the line is that in October, as Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb was sinking in the polls against Congressman Lee Zeldin on one issue, one issue alone, crime, and every day there were reports of vicious crime in the subways, she agreed to pay for the overtime for police officers to flood the subway, $62 million. The problem is that the New York City budget is all tapped out, $2.2 billion in overtime alone to help elect Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb to give you the appearance that both the governor and Eric Adams in tandem were doing something. Well, the fact is they used our tax dollars. The cops are exhausted doing two, sometimes three shifts it's going to be over by June 21st, 92 days left. So uh, Juneteenth, which is now a holiday, I don't know why, if you ask most African Americans what is Juneteenth here, they have no idea what it is. Uh, obviously in places like Milwaukee and Dallas and Houston, they know all along the Mississippi, but it's a holiday that was never celebrated here, and still to this day, even though it's an official holiday now, June 19th, Uh, African-Americans really don't know what the holiday stands for. Secondly, it's the day, remember, on June 19th in 1992, that on the orders of John Gotti Sr. to John Gotti Jr., I was shot five times with hollow-point bullets in the back of a cab coming to do the morning show with my wife at the time, Lisa Angels, in the morning five times with hollow-point bullets and barely survived. And 1992 was chaotic. In all different ways. Our mayor was David Dinkins. He was doing nothing about crime. Absolutely, Jack Diddley Squad, nothing. And then all of a sudden, Peter Vallone Sr., who was the speaker of the city council, said, David, uh, we're losing this city. I mean, people are fleeing in mass, just like now. And Peter Vallone Sr. put together Safe City, Safe Streets, a special tax that would go specifically to the Hiring, vetting, training, and graduation of cops at the old police academy on the uh, in midtown Manhattan. And so when Rudy Giuliani was sworn into office, he had 40,000 cops uh, to work with. And he will tell you, uh, without those 40,000 cops, he could not have brought this city to where he left it eight years later as the safest big city in America. So mark it down on your calendar. June 21st. The huge cave-in will take place. And as Tom DiNapoli, the controller, has said, and if you think that's bad, next year, 2024, the bottom falls out fiscally for both the state, for Kathy Crimewave Holcomb in Albany, and for Eric Adams, swagger man, mayor of the illegal aliens, because they have spent money like drunken sailors, and there is no more money. As Eric Adams has said, no more room in the inn. He keeps taking in the illegal aliens day by day and giving them benefits and ancillary items that he doesn't even give citizens of uh, New York City, New York State, and the United States who are in distress. He says a double o But up next, this may be it, ladies and gentlemen. You want to listen intently. This may be the end of the time that I joined Sid Rosenberg and his friends in the morning because I've been put on the shelf. And I've gotten splinters in my tuchus. This may be the end, my friends.
1: Spectacular! Now here's the Sid wrap up. Boy! This is the end, beautiful friends.
0: certainly looks that way, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe what has transpired. I must reveal to all of you that it was 12 noon on Saturday that I received a text, not even a call, from Justin Alec. The producer of Sid Rosenberg and Friends, but he's like the Turk at a pro pro football training camp. Basically, the text uh, summoned me to uh, to give up my Sid and Friends playbook that I had been suspended. And then I texted Sid, who normally responds, and I said, Justin just relayed the bad news to me, Sid. You and I have a long relationship. It should not have come down to Justin sending me a text. I'll call you later. Hopefully you'll take my call. If I am of no use to the morning show, you or WABC, just let me know. I've been at this thing of ours 35 years. I've been disappointed before. I just never thought... It would be by you right before my 69th birthday on Sunday. And I called him on Sunday. No response. I'm suspended. I'm on the shelf. And this is what he had to say earlier today.
1: And that brings me to uh, Curtis Lewa because the suspension is still in place. So I left right after the show yesterday, but I was here for about, no, I'd say about 30 minutes, and Curtis must have walked by me three or four times. Not only did he not speak to me, he didn't even look at me. It was, to say it was odd would be an understatement. It was weird, weird. And then I left, you know, I don't care. And then I came to find that, see, what happens is when I leave, Curtis usually takes my guys, my guys, Justin, even Lou and Phil, and he asked them to help with the production for his show. And I was told that yesterday at no point did he even do that, that he just didn't want to talk to and or see anybody from the morning show.
0: That was true. Absolutely true. I felt like I had been stabbed in the back. And Sid went on to explain This unbelievable suspension of me here from Sid and Friends in the morning.
1: So when I asked Justin on Saturday, when Curtis first texted me, and then he did try to call me on Sunday, Curtis, and I just wasn't available. If Curtis was serious, we couldn't figure it out. But based upon his behavior yesterday, it seems like Curtis was very serious and butthurt and acting like a child. And I would say to Curtis I asked you not to do something. You did it. Now you have to suffer the repercussion. It's not that big a deal. I still love Curtis. I'm always, always going to be thankful for Curtis. And Curtis could be back tomorrow. Tomorrow. But now, now because he acted like such a jackass yesterday, now he's not coming back tomorrow. I will not. And not even know how long the suspension could last. I don't know how long. I don't care. So that's it. He's suspended tomorrow and maybe Friday, too. And listen, maybe he'll get to the point where he goes, hey, Sid, F you on your stupid show. That's fine. I'm at that point. cool, actually, you know.
0: I'm at that point.
1: I will not buck. I will not
0: bow. I will not kiss his pinky ring. I will not kiss his tookus. I will not capitulate. I will not fold like a cheap camera. And then he accused me when I made a tribute to Bernard McGirt that
1: all of a sudden I had just rediscovered Bernie because of this. Every day, 1245, the Sid Rap. Well, yesterday, not only did he not do the Sid Rap, but he came in and talked extensively about Bernard. People weaponized Bernie against me all the time. It's really gross. I was at the St. Patrick's Day parade. You wouldn't believe how many people said, I miss Bernie. No kidding. Of course. I thought about him all day, St. Patrick's Day. But Curtis didn't mention Bernie once. In like four months, he was so far up my ass, he was checking for polyps. What was the result? Thank God I'm healthy. Okay, that's good. That's all I wanted to know. But yesterday he suspended. And oh, here comes the Bernie talk. You know. They all do that. They all do that. Oh. Um. <laughs> I mean, but it's so, it's so obvious and, and, and lacks sincerity. And, it, you know, who you think you're kidding? So now he's suspended all week because now easy. he's aggravated me. He weaponized my friend against me, and I just won't deal with that. Well, well, weaponized Bernie. And then
0: the question was posed to Lou and Macedonian Phil.
1: And people keep asking me why was he suspended in the first place, and it doesn't matter. But you guys know why. And you both thought, if I'm wrong, correct me, you both thought it was a deserved suspension, yes? Yes or no, Lou? Uh, Lou I don't want to speak for you. I will Say yes. Yes. Uh, Macedonia, Phil, deserve it suspension? I'm not. I don't know. All right. And based on his behavior (laughs) yesterday and weaponizing Bernard against me, do you agree that he should be suspended now for the entire week, if not more? I feel like I'm always inclined to disagree with you. I don't know why. I feel like I want to just argue with you. uh, Right, but because that's just your nature. But when you really think about the subject, you know I'm right. Yeah, sure. He should have talked to you yesterday. Well, Well, uh, he did try to call me on Sunday. No, I mean when he was in studio. You guys were face-to-face. He could have. He didn't even look at me. He wouldn't even look up. So, And that never happens. Yeah. God,
0: Lou, Mastonian Phil, you traitors. But the ultimate traitor, the Judas... Was gnome laden?
1: My right gnome. A lot of weaponizing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was there for that moment where he came up to you and he said, "You." He said to you. He said to you. I was at the St. Patrick's Day parade, and all anybody wanted to hear about was Bernie. Yeah. And I was like, I know he's doing this just to stir the of pot. Of course. <laughs> yeah. He didn't mention Bernie's name once in four months. No. Four months when he was on three days a week, and I'm Sid's buddy, and I'm doing the Sid rap. This is what I'm talking about. People do it all the time. People on the Internet, they go, when, when I when I boast about a wedding, they go, I miss Bernie. Okay, so do I. What does that mean? What does one thing have to do with the other? He, he was so all over you that he wasn't sure you had heard him, that he said it to you like three separate I know. times. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I heard it, but I just didn't care. <laughs> well, he, he would probably do that anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why
0: is Gnome laid in a sycophant to... Uh, to Sid because Sid had him fired and I'm the only one who went into the office of the program director at that time and said save Nome. he's doing this for job security you're all a bunch of 30 Ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition in the U.S. more than 50 percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime